Glory to the King. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, and we are in the presence of the Lord. It's so good to be with him and have him come and fill our hearts and our lives and our, the temple here, the place where we worship. And I asked the Holy Spirit, I go, what kind of day are we going to have today? <laughs> he says, it's going to be a glorious day. And I said, well, are you going to show up? Are you going to be with us? And he says, of course. I'm always with you. Friend. He called me friend. I go, oh, okay, we're on friend, friend, friendship basis. That's really good, isn't it? So um, we want to welcome everyone here today and, uh, in, at New Heart. You can feel God's love, be transformed, and find strength to overcome life's battles. Did you know that? Yes. Can I get an amen from anybody amen. out there? All right. Praise the Lord. So I, I was praying. I said, Lord, I'd like to have a testimony today about somebody that got healed or some, has some victory in their life. And, uh, you know, I said, and, and, and Veronica, she's hogging up all the, all the testimonies, you know. She's she got healed of this. And, throws away her cane, and she had some internal problems last week, and we prayed, and she got healed, no more pain. Her son was saying, uh, Pastor, can you pray? My mom's on a 10 on her uh, pain level, and I said, sure, and she said, all week, no pain, you know, so God is good. So I came today, and I saw Sylvia limping in. That's good, though. When you go into hospital, you don't go in healthy. You go in with some help, so <laughs> Sylvia, come, come tell us what happened with you. She, she's, uh, this is, I think, her first time coming up and testifying. But it's good to shake it off and get up and tell what the Lord has done. So how are you feeling right now? Good, good. You're feeling good? Better, yeah. Better? Yeah. Uh, you had a, a pain of what? I have a pulled muscle on my hip. I had a pull. You had a pull. Hold yeah. it up a little for you. Okay. okay. So what, what was your number pain-wise? Kind of seven, eight. Seven or eight now. Yeah. So yeah. Figure out, I'm going to come in, sit down, and suffer. Suffer. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that with the Lord here. You know, uh, we say you don't have to tell people about Jesus. Let them experience it. So what did Jesus do for you? Real big and strong. He put tingles down my leg. <laughs> and, and I was able to walk without pain. So I at least went from an eight to maybe a two. Maybe a two? Yeah. Okay, well, we, you, we don't want to stop at two, do we? No, let's pray. You're, stretch your hands towards here. And so if we went from an eight to a two, we can go from a two to a zero, right? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your healing virtue flowing through Sylvia. By your stripes, we were healed. So we command this pain to go right now, leave this body, and I thank you for your healing anointing flowing through her to the glory of God. Now, let's just wait and watch the Lord work. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, take a little walk on the boardwalk. Amen. Okay, you're all right? Okay, you can go and sit and be in comfort right now. So uh, my son's going to come and do our announcements. Let's welcome him. Thank you, everybody. Um, hey, I just wanted to dismiss the youth to youth group right now. Hilda is back, by the way. Hilda was te is teaching the youth today, so we're so excited to have her back. Let's give a round of applause for Hilda. You know, right before she had to start working, you know, she had to work in juvenile hall on Sundays. We were learning about Joseph, you know, and so we were joking, you know, like, you know, Hilda was literally going to the prison, you know, just like Joseph, you know. 
But thankfully, she served her time, and God has released her back to us. Okay, so today, um, I just want to remind everyone, last Sunday was Sanctity of Human Life Sunday, so if you were not here last Sunday, um, just want to remind you about that. There's some education materials in the back um, and some baby models. Um, You can take, if you want to, there's some baby models in the glass bowls. You can take those. Those are 12-week babies, Um, but just the other ones, just you can pick them up and hold them if you want, but just don't take them home. Um, And just FYI, you know, New Heart is a loving, forgiving church. We, you know, forgive anyone for any past sins, but we just want to be encouraging and um, telling people the truth so that that way they know that there really is a life inside of the womb. Um, And so just remember also this, this passage, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. We just want to be teaching what the Bible has to say on the topic. Um... And um, so there's some really good um, literature back there, especially, I really want to point people towards, there's pamphlets on the morning after pill and the abortion pill, because they are totally different. A lot of times people conflate them, and it can lead to really some dangerous and disastrous consequences. So just definitely uh, learn more about um, both of those. Okay, then Team Kid Academy, where do we worship? The kids are going to be learning about where do we worship? Kids learn, uh, are learning about the woman at the well um, uh, account about worship and how it can be done anywhere and not just in church. Isn't that exciting? You can actually worship at home. So we just want to make sure we're explaining that to our kids, um, discuss with them how God met you in your private worship away from um, church, and maybe have some family worship time at home to show them, hey, we can worship at home too. We can worship anywhere. Uh, then another announcement, youth and child protection meeting today from 1230 to 2.30. Just want to remind everyone um, to come for that. Um, there might, I think there might be some like cheese and crackers in, the, um, in the, the kitchen if you're hungry. But, you know, every time we serve food, everybody's like, oh, they want to eat. They want to eat. We got to start right sharp at 1230, okay? So don't forget to sign in on the sign-in sheet. We're going to have a sign-in sheet um, today. Uh, so yeah, be here at 12, th- from 1230 to 230. Um, and then our, just FYI, February, my dad is extending his January sermon series into February. So on February 4th, 11th, and 18th, he's going to continue speaking on walking in God's calling this year. And so, um, on those Sundays, he's going to talk about our call to worship on the 4th, our call to prayer on the 11th, and our call to witness or evangelize on the 18th. So just mark that on your calendars. Make sure you're here. Um, Okay, so then our friends and family Valentine dinner and lip sync contest is Friday, February 9th at 7 p.m., no cost. We've gotten quite a few signups. I just want to let you know, Leanne's family, it's Chinese New Year, and they're still going to be coming, okay? So um, if they're coming and it's Chinese New Year, you can still make it, okay? Uh, but yeah, it's for everybody. If you're married, single, dating, if you're a kid, if you're a teenager, if you're a young adult, we're just celebrating God's love for us all. Uh, just remember, um, your song and costume must be family friendly. We mentioned no Disney songs because of all the content. We just don't want to be promoting um, them in a church setting. And FYI, the top prize is $100 um, for the best um, lip sync contest. Remember, you got to get your whole costume into it. I got my costume. I'm ready. My parents are preparing their dance um, as usual. Also, we want to request or encourage you to pick upbeat, current, and or Christian songs for your performances. It's not required, but we are really encouraging um, that. 
Uh, and then bring a dessert. If there's no cost, but we'd like you to bring a dessert if you can. If you can't, it's okay. We still want you to join us. Um, and then make sure to sign up in the back. Uh, we really need a, a, a final head count for, it's going to be lasagna dinner, if that encourages everybody to come out. Um, but yeah, please sign up and put how many people are going to be in your group. That would really help us out. Last time, we really maxed this place out, so um, we're hoping we have room for everybody. We probably should. Uh, then February 16th to 18th at Camp Pondo, we have um, a youth winter camp. Today's the deadline to make payment. We do need about, um, I think it's two or $300 more in donations if you're willing to give. Just designate it for Youth Winter Camp in the offering today. We'd appreciate that. Um, there's also some forms in the back with parent information and a packing list. Uh, for those youth that are going, please grab one of those. One year, like I didn't actually physically hand it to every parent, and like half the kids forgot a pillow, half the kids forgot a sleeping bag, they didn't bring a towel. I was like, what are you guys doing? Um, so make sure you get that packing list. It'll help make sure they have everything they need. Um, and then February 25th, I'm going to be speaking um, in the sanctuary. I'm going to be preaching on how we know truth is absolute. I've been promising this for a bit. Wasn't able to get it um, last, in last year because of the Christmas play. Uh, but this is, um, is going to be a really great sermon, sort of like how we know God is real and how we know the Bible is true. Um, we're going to be talking about truth and that it's absolute and not relative I was going to tell you the Christmas play, I like to rename How We Know Jesus is Messiah, right? Um, so that's basically what that one was all about. Uh, and then last but not least, Vacation Bible School is June 10th through 14th, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. for ages 3 to 12. When you're looking on when to go on vacation, if you can consider uh, put, put um, Vacation Bible School on your calendar so that way we don't have a conflict, we'd really appreciate it. The kids are going to be learning about the seven seas of history, creation, uh, corruption, uh, I'm creation, corruption, catastrophe, confusion, Christ, cross, and consummation. Um, and it's the biblical and scientific account of world history. It's, the theme is great the Great Jungle Journey, an epic cruise from Genesis to Revelation. And that's it for me, so we're going to have the offering. Oh, big, big applause for the offering, praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this is election year, and, you know, we cast our votes for who we want, you know, to be elected, and every week we get to cast our ballot to see how we want the Lord to prosper us. Amen? So when you give to the Lord, what does he do? He gives back to you. So he, we, he measures how much he gives back to you by how much you give, not just what you give, but how much it impacts you? How much does it hurt your budget? Because I know sometimes when we didn't have any money, we gave out of sacrifice. And we saw the Lord do miracles in our behalf. So whether you're in abundance or you're in lack, give to the Lord and watch him work in your behalf. Amen. Let me pray. Father, thank you for the privilege and opportunity to worship you with our giving. We thank you that as we give to you, we give to the mighty God who's able to do all things and make all grace abound towards us. We thank you for it, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Of what they 
one more time on this. You're perfect in all your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways. You are perfect in all of your ways to us. To Hallelujah. Thank God for Ron. Amen. Amen. Let's give him a round of applause and thank him because he's a, a trained musician and vocal artist. And what I didn't know, he told me today that he actually does opera. Uh, don't go. Don't go yet. <laughs> you got a, you got a few notes. You want to just just give us a taste of what you can do. Uh, I don't want to put him on the spot or anything. Oh, there you go. Oh, you wore my heart, Ron. Thank you so much. Oh, you have to put an accent to it a little bit, I think. <laughs> I went to an Italian opera for, for college. I had to go all the way to Laguna Beach. I got lost, and so I came in late, and all I heard was, Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. I go, that's very nice. I'll see you later. And so <laughs> those are the days of clip notes, and I could just look and, okay, that was about this, this, this very good performance. Really loved it, enjoyed it. Thank you so much. So I'd like to uh, go on and preach, but the testimonies keep on coming. I asked the Lord for some testimonies. So I was talking to Patricia. She grabbed me by the shirt and just grabbed me and said uh, she has some testimonies. So come on up, Patricia. <laughs> Patricia has been with us for many years, and she has friends that have come. And so tell us what happened last week. Well, I had a busy week last week. I had a lot of family members. Well, I had a family member and a, a good friend um, end up in the hospital. And so um, my sister... Uh, Sylvia had um, had some surgery done, and she had to have her vertebrae uh, worked on, and um, it turned out worse than you know the doctors thought, and so they had to actually put a plate, and I just thank God so much because He is such a perfect God, you know, yeah. and through prayer all things work together for our good. Yes, that's right. And I went in there and I sat with her. Even though she was asleep, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me, just go sit there with her. And I sat there with her and I prayed in the Spirit. And, I, you know, I just kept in praying. She was having complications um, with swallowing. She couldn't swallow, so she had to be able, she had to stay in the hospital longer than she thought. So everything turned out well. And yesterday she was able to go home. Praise God. He is so good. Yes. And then um, my friend Dolly, actually it's my mom's best friend, she's 89 years old. She ended up in the hospital, and I had just spoke to her like days before. And um, I had prayed. She always calls me and asks me to pray and everything. So 
you know, I said, you know, I prayed for her, and then I find out a, a couple of days later she's in the hospital. She ended up getting an infection, and then she it went through her blood system. And so when I found out, I went into the hospital, and they told me she basically is dying, and it's just a matter of time. She's actually, you know, it was very, very severe. She was going to die like any time. And so she told me, can, I went in there, and she was in and out, and she goes, can you have Pastor Chuck pray for me? And, um, and I said, yeah, sure. And so I sat there, I prayed, I talked to her a little bit. I, I just sat there. Because, you know, the presence of the Holy Spirit is upon us. Mm -hmm. When we go in and take that step of faith, and we sit there with that person, mm -hmm. we take the step of the living God, believing that the living God is there with us, and he is. God is real. I am telling you people, God is real. <laughs> anyway, so this can blow your mind because, okay, I walked in there. I prayed. I called up Pastor Chuck, and I said, Pastor Chuck, come on. We got to pray. We got to believe. The Lord is going to heal her because her birthday is February 2nd, and I want to bring her here for our Valentine's dinner. So, mm. <laughs> so we prayed. We prayed. And um, I went to go visit her, and Dolly's stubborn, 89 years old, still stubborn. And I'm telling you, the next day, she was doing a little bit better. I went to go visit her two days later. She's up. In a, you know, she's up awake. She's, you know, being feisty, feisty Dolly, you know. And, you know, come to find out yesterday, she's doing fantastic. She's, you know, they're just... Now she's kind of like in a real, a real, what is that, rehabilitation center. They're trying to help her again, her strength back and everything. And I just give glory to our Father God because he is good. Amen. Amen. Very good. Amen. Well, the hits just keep on coming. Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good, and I, if you heard what she said, that it, they were giving up on her, so it's only a matter of a few days, but she said, no, 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 amen. So we're going to talk today about how to uh, believe God when situations or adversity come where it doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. How many of you are in that situation where it looks like, okay, I, I need to believe God, I need to see him work in my behalf, okay, just a few of you, maybe I'm in the wrong church, I don't know, okay. Amen. There we go. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that, but let's, let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear your word, to encourage us, strengthen us, and move along in the things of God. We ask you to impart to me your spirit so I may speak it out to encourage your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So just as a recap on our callings, we have three main callings. All of us have this. We are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Did you know that? Ecclesia means called out. Church means called out of the world. And he foreknew us. He predestined us. He knew before we were born who was going to serve him. That's pretty amazing because I didn't even know I was going to serve him. But he knew, and then he, uh, he, he knows those that are his. He knows who's going to belong to him. He knows ahead of time. He already saw your movie. Amen? Even though you try to mess it up, you don't know the lines. And, and Leanne usually has to edit us on our play because we mess up on our lines. But God is the great editor. He knows how to do it. So we're called, second calling is to be conformed into his image. God has to clean us up. Amen? It's called sanctification. It takes a little, little bit of time. I can remember when I first got saved, and I would mess up, and I would sin. I go, oh, I, 
did I do that? I'm so mad at myself. Why did I do that? But it took time to get together and move ahead. It's kind of like a baby when a baby uh, poops in their diapers and falls down. You don't get mad at them because you know they're going to eventually walk and go to the bathroom by, their, by themselves. And so God is waiting for us to clean up our poopy diapers. Amen? Okay, nobody wants to admit to that. So <laughs> the third thing is called to serve. We're supposed to serve. Just like Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve others. His whole life was serving, and that's what we have to do. Now, he's given us individual talents. Did you know that? Everybody has a talent and a gift. Might be small, might be big, might be great, might be not so great, but you have a talent that God wants you to use. And in fact, Jesus in Matthew 25 tells this parable. You know what a parable is, right? It's an earthly story with a heavenly message. So he's trying to teach us, but he tells us in a story. Just like children's church, okay? We're going to tell a story. Uh, it says here in Matthew 25, 14 through 15, The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. That's Jesus who traveled up to heaven. Who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and it's another one. Each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. So it says a man traveled, Jesus traveled, and he gave his, his servants talents. Now, interesting to note here, he didn't tell them what to do with it. He didn't tell them how to use it. He didn't even tell them to multiply it. But the servants knew, I know how my master is. I know how my Lord is, and he wants me to produce something. He doesn't want me just to sit on my rusty dust and say, thank you for my singing ability and not use it in children's church or up here on the platform, or just sing to people at the hospital. He's given us a gift to use, right? So you're supposed to do something with it. Then in Matthew 25, 16 and 17, when Jesus comes back or the Lord comes back, he wants an account. What you been doing? Uh, well, we've been hanging around. We're not doing too much. We're just, you know, we've been to church, but that's about it. No, he said, he that had received the five talents and traded with them made five talents, and likewise, he who received two gained two more also. So you don't have to multiply, you know, experientially, but you can just do, you know, use what you have. Five gets you five, two gets you two. And what I like about this is he didn't maybe get five all, all at once. He might have got two and lost three, then gained one, then, you know, lost two. But at the end, he had gained five uh, talents. Okay, Matthew 25 and 18 but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Is that a good thing? You think the master would be happy about that? You think the Lord would be happy if you hide your gift and don't use it for years and years and years? Come on, talk to me. After a long time, seems like Jesus is not coming back, the Lord of the servants came and settled accounts with them. So Jesus has been gone a long time. So let's look at this in Matthew 25, 23. The Lord said to him, uh, all the people, the five that got five, and the two that got two, what did, he gave them the same compliment. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a little. I'll make you faithful in much. So it, sometimes it's just not like a grandiose thing, but do what you're, what's in front of you to do. Pray for those. Witness to those that are around you, right? Do the little, be faithful in the little things, and he'll make you ruler over much. You got it? Then he who had received one talent, here's his excuse. People have excuses, you know. 
Look at this guy's excuse. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. And I was what? Afraid. Does it say up there? And I was afraid. Are you, do we have any scaredy cats out there? I'm afraid to do children's church. I'm afraid to do youth. I'm afraid to usher. I'm afraid. I don't know what I'm going to Come on. <laughs> I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. There. I'm, I, I brought it back to you, Lord. And he said, you in 25, 26, and 7. Now, this is kind of harsh words. You know, you think Jesus is just nicey, nicey. But he says this to him. You wicked and lazy servant. Okay. Oh, everybody wants to come to church and hear that, isn't it? You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered. You should have deposited my money with at least the bankers, and I would have had interest when I came. You should have done something. And then here's the judgment, Matthew 25, 30. And cast that unprofitable servant, that no good for nothing, <laughs> that lazy, <laughs> uh, what is, I forgot that movie, but anyway, uh, unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Ouch! Ah, what kind of judgment is that? I'm believing that was a guy that wasn't saved, but everybody has talents whether you're saved or not. But if you don't use your talents for the Lord, there's a judgment. He says, I want you to do something. Occupy till I come. Praise the Lord. Now, let's talk about our individual calling. We all have an individual calling. Do you know you have a calling? You can feel it? Do you, is, your, is your calling, are you influencing others with it? How little or how small or how big are you doing it? I'm so glad we, people come to our church. They have been dormant in their activities and their talents, and we put them to use. I'm looking at Erlinda. She hasn't been teaching for a long time. We put her right in there. Go, Erlinda. Teach on with your bad self. Amen. <laughs> We've incorporated Ruth and all of her talents to go and teach now. And, and she does the arts and crafts, and everybody needs to do something. Put your hands to something. I like Piero. He's up there. He's playing his music. Amen. But he had a talent. He sat there for a while. He's waiting for the opportunity. Now he's up there, you know, singing and playing. Praise God. Glory to God. So you have to develop your gifts and your talents. So we're going to talk today about a guy named Joseph. My son was talking about that. Holy coincidentally, they're talking about that in Children's Church. Now, how many of you know the story of Joseph? How many of you read the story in the Bible? Let me see your hands. Okay. Pretty much everybody. There's some that haven't, so I'll fill you in a little bit on it. And, uh, you know, there's 13 chapters of this one man. That's a lot in the book. So there's a lot to learn from him. Amen? Now, he went through some tests and trials and tribulations. You might ask, What's the difference between a test, a trial, or a tribulation? Anybody asking that question? Okay. A test is just like a short little test that you take at school. You know, maybe an hour long, 30 minutes, just a test. Now, I went, we went through a test just last week. Uh, we went to renew our uh, passports. And so we're sitting in the post office, and it's kind of a nervous time. You know, you don't know how long it's going to take. And so we're there, and there's somebody in front of us. They went, and they came out. And then this guy comes out, and he says, well, I have a 1 o'clock appointment. And, I, and the lady says, I don't see it on the records here. He goes, oh, no, I, I had a 1 o'clock appointment. So here I am. i got to make a choice. Do I honor him with his 1 o'clock appointment, or do I say, listen, buddy boy, I'm, <laughs> I'm here first. I've already waited my 15 minutes. 
Get behind me, Satan. No. Now, it wouldn't have bothered me much, except I had a date with the basketball court. Let me show you. See, see I, I got to get out there and play. Now, this is something, this is, you know, holy ground for me. Is, you know, you know this, is, this is where I get my exercise, my fellowship, my competitive nature. Now, Marianne, she's like, okay, whatever, you know. She doesn't matter, so I'm going like, okay, Lord, you know. But wholly coincidentally, he got us out. She, she got us out, and we were, got to the game, had a great game because, you know, God was merciful to me. Praise the Lord. Because I know there's sometimes that I make, I make a shot, and I don't think it's going to go in. It doesn't seem like it's going to go in, but somehow it goes in. I really believe I have angels watching over me. You saw the movie Angels in the Outfield, didn't you? God is my witness. I made a shot, and I just like, okay, is that going in? It went in? How did it go in? And they all know, it says, you play with the Holy Ghost, and we, we know that sometimes things, you know, go in, and we don't know how it goes in. Okay, now a trial is like, takes a long time. You know the OJ trial? How long did that take? Nine months. Forever. You know, all these things. And so sometimes you might be in a trial that takes a long time. You think it's never going to end. Or tribulation. Tribulation is like there's no end in sight. This is like if I'm going to live this way for the rest of my life, that's the way we were in the community center. Thirteen years. Are we ever going to get out of here? You know, my family said, Dad, you know, it's all well and good, but, you know, we need a church. We need a place to be. I said, the Lord will provide. And he did. Praise God. So whenever you get into a situation, I find tribulations, adversities, trials, I always go to the good book. I always go to the Bible and say, do I have a parallel story? Do I see something that the Lord has done with his people that I can apply in my life so that I can see how he works, how he talks to his people? Is that not right? Have you guys do that? Okay. Maybe I taught you something. Maybe I showed you something. So anyway, I look at Joseph's life. Now, Joseph was 17 years old, right? And he was the father. Uh, his father was Jacob. Jacob was a trickster. He tricked his brother, and he had to run 200 miles away because his brother was going to kill him because he stole the birthright. Dirty dog. And um, so he was there, and so he went to his uncle Laban's uh, house, and he saw Rachel and Leah, his daughters. They go, hey, I like Rachel. Leah, uh, not so much. But so <laughs> Laban said, you got to work seven years for Rachel. He said, okay. And the Bible says he loved her so much that it was like a few days. That's amazing, isn't it? Seven years is more than a few days. So anyway, on the wedding night, I don't know how this happened, but somehow he slipped in Leah into the tent. And I don't know, did, did they not have lights in those days? I mean, you could not tell that's the, a different girl. And he woke up and he goes, oh, this is Leah. What's the happen? What? You tricked me. Sometimes when you're a trickster, you get tricked. So it's good to be upfront and honest so that the Lord will protect you. And so uh, Laban said, well, we have a custom. You got to marry the oldest one first, and that's Leah. But after seven days, you can marry Rachel. And so he had to work another seven years for her. So here's the problem. Rachel couldn't have children, and Leah could. Then after Leah couldn't, she had her her midwives or her mistresses or whatever they call them, maidservants, uh, to bear children. So between all of them, they had 10 children, and these guys were not your best, you know, people. 
You know, they were rough and tough, and they didn't take no stuff. And so Joseph, let's see, what, let's see how Joseph, um, uh, in Genesis 37, one, uh, verse 2, Joseph, being 17 years old, do you remember when you were 17 years old? How naive and egotistical and prideful you were? Nothing, nobody in here, okay. I thought I could do no wrong. I thought I could just fly. You ever have those dreams where you fly, and you just, oh, I could do everything, right? Then you, then you hit ground. Okay, so he was 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers, and the lad was with the sons of Behal and sons of Zephah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report to them, to his father. And see, the thing is, he had a gift, an organizational gift, that he liked things to be, he had a gift of administration where he wanted things organized, wanted things exact and in line. And so it bothered him that these guys were goofing off. They're not taking care of the sheep. They're not feeding them. They're, they're playing around. You know any teenagers like that? <clears throat> so <laughs> my, my wife likes things in order. You know, she likes everything, and my son as well. Me, uh, not so much. <laughs> it's like, so she wakes up the other day, and she goes, okay, uh, we have to clean up that jungle you call your bedroom. <laughs> or no basketball, and I said, what? Listen, I'm 73 years old, okay? I'm the man of the house. I, could, I tell you whether I'm going out or not. But being the good husband, I cleaned up my room. Looks really nice now. Glory to God. But it bothers her, you know? It bothers her to see a messy room. Does it bother you to see a messy room? Yeah. Amen. I know when my son was growing up, he wasn't as meticulous as he was now, he said, at least close your door, okay? <laughs> we don't want to see. But now you go into his house, and it's perfect. It's like, what? Is this a model home or what? You know, it's like all the forks and the knives are like all lined up perfectly. Sometimes we just take it and go, you know, like <laughs> they're clean, okay? So anyway, it, it drives him crazy when he sees it, you know? He goes, things get lost here, Dad. I mean, you come home, you know, we, we save stuff. He says, if I ever want to keep it, I take it home to my house so I know where it's at. There's like a black hole here, you know. It's like... <laughs> so Jake, Joseph wanted things in order, and it bothered him, and he told his father, these guys are a mess. And so, uh, and then to make matters worse, in verse 3, now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children. That's bad. You're not supposed to love one child more than another. Is that right? Do you know that? My mom always said, I split things right down the middle. You get 50%, your uh, sister gets 50%. We live by that. Because he was the son of his old age with Rachel, he also made him a tunic of many colors. In fact, they made a movie about that, right? Joseph and his multicolored uh, tunic. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they, what? Hated him. Oh, hate's a big word, isn't it? And they could not speak peaceably to him. Now, I know sometimes siblings get in arguments and fights and they get mad at each other, but they make up. They get along. We're family. But they said, we could not speak peaceably to him. Others, when he said, good morning, brothers, they said, ugh. And they did not want to talk with him. They just, you know, uh. Now, okay, so... Here, make matters worse. Here's where Joseph starts going downhill in verse nine and 5. Now, Joseph had a dream, and he told his brothers, they said, and they, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, listen, 
Listen to my dream. There were, there were uh, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheave arose up, and all your sheaves bowed down before me. Do we have a picture of that? Kind of a weird, you know, thing, you know, like you got these sheaves bowing down and he's rising up and they got even more mad. He said, what do you mean we're going to bow down to you? Who are you? You know, you're just, you're the youngest and, you know, forget about it. And, and then he had, he did another dream. He said, now the sun and the moon and the 11 stars are going to bow down before me. And his father said, you mean even me and your mother are going to bow down to you? No. This is not good. You already hate, they already hate you. And then you want to just prance around and say, you know, I got a dream. Check it out. Let's listen to it. Listen to this dream. Y'all going to bow down to me. How's that sound? And he, they hated him, and they pl planned and plotted to kill him. So that's when his trials began. So the brothers were out in the field, taking their own sweet time. My mom used to say, don't dilly-dally out there. Just get home, okay? And so they were dilly-dallying, and... Jacob said to his son, Joseph, go check up on him and see what they're doing. Give me a report. So when they saw him afar off, guess what they did? They threw him into a pit. Let's see this. I mean, it's, this is not a good thing. Your own brothers throw you in a pit. And the amazing thing is, he, he, they're in the pit. He's crying and pleading out, let me out. And guess what they do? They have lunch. They eat. Listen to him crying. That's pretty cold, isn't it? You know, pass the mayonnaise, please. You know. Be quiet, quiet. And so <laughs> there was a tribe that came by, and uh, they said, well, let's not kill him. Let's just sell him for 20 shekels of silver. So they sold him. He went into Potiphar's house. And uh, so at, at, in Potiphar's house, let's look at it in, in Genesis 39.5. Now, I, oh, I, I meant to add this. You know, sometimes brothers play practical jokes on each other, right? This was not a practical joke. This is a real-life experience where you get sold by your brothers. Now, I remember Marianne, when she was learning to be a cheerleader, uh, they did an initiation with you, right? They took you out of your bed in the middle of the night, and they brought you out. Were you in your pajamas? In your pajamas. And they blindfolded you. And they put you in front of Bob's big boy with the big bay window where everybody could see while they're eating. They blindfolded them, and they said, now, do your cheers. And then they said, okay, now take off your blindfold. They took off. Everybody's laughing. Ah, very good. That's a practical joke. This is no joke, okay? This is like sold to uh, people, and they, he went into Potiphar's house. And so Potiphar... Let's see what happens. Now, here's the point I want to make. In all his adversity, he still operated in his gift. He still had the gift of administration because in Genesis 39.5, so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of Potiphar's house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake, and the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in his house. And the next verse, thus he had all that it Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. That's given a lot of authority to him. He was operating in his gift of administration. 
my question to you is, are you operating in your gift of administration in the midst of trials and tribulations and afflictions? You got a bad boss? You got a bad neighbor? You got a bad spouse? Are you still doing what you're supposed to do? You're still cooking for him? You're still loving him, cleaning up, doing all that kind of stuff? I mean, the other day, I mean, I don't want to brag, praise the Lord, <laughs> but I'm here. So we had, a dis- we had a discussion. We couldn't figure out what we wanted to eat, you know, and so my son wanted pizza. My wife wanted Chinese food. So what did the good servant husband do? He went to both places and got it out and just said, praise the Lord. So... I can remember the first church we were at, I was uh, over the children's church. And, uh, you know, my wife said, you know, you're 33 years old and you're over children's church. You know, don't you have, like, higher expectations? I go, yeah, I want to minister in the big church. And so the Lord spoke to me. He said, if you be faithful in counting the children's church money, I'll make you faithful over the big church's money. I said, ooh, that sounds like Joseph. I, I like that. Amen? So I was, I was uh, uh, because the Lord put it in my heart to teach children anyway. When I was 10 or 12 years old, I had a coach that came to me. I wasn't the best player, but he came to me and said, how are you feeling? You know, what's up? How you, tell me what's happening in your life. I go, everything's cool, coach. He says, no, 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 tell me really what's happening. And he sat down, and he just warmed my heart. And I said in my heart, not even to the Lord, I said, if I ever grow up, if I ever make it, if I ever stay alive long enough so I'm going to repay back a child for what they have done, you know, what he did for me. And so when I went to the church after getting saved, the children's church director at the time said, do you want to teach children's church? I go, I don't think so. I mean, just because I'm small, you think that I would be, like, good for children's church? I'd be on their, I'm, don't you know who I am? I'm supposed to teach, you know, thousands, and I, you're going to put me down in the basement in the pit, and I'll never get out of there. <laughs> so... Uh, he said, just go home and pray about it. That's always dangerous, isn't it? Go home and pray to God. And God told me, he said, did you not say when you were 10 years old that you wanted to repay back to someone that was a child that same good feeling that you had? Now, I didn't even tell God that. How did he know? 20 years later, he tells me this. God knows what he wants you to do. He wants you to act and move and, and be a blessing to people. So, how many of you want to see what I look like when I was 10, 12, and 13 years old? Anybody want to see what I look like? Can I get a consensus? Can I see your hands? Okay, Anthony, let's see what it looks like here. Here I am. Okay, I was a cute kid. Uh, I didn't want to be cute. I wanted to be manly, strong, and everything, but, you know, just, I'm just a kid. Now, all, I think a lot of Italians look alike. And I said to Cecilia, this looks like your boy, Matteo. I think that there's a resemblance. She said, no way, Jose. I go, come on. That looks a little bit. Doesn't it look a little bit like Mateo? A little bit. Just stretch a little bit. But, you know, I, I, I think that was, that was it. So then let's get out of there. Okay. <laughs> so he's in Potiphar's house, and he's doing good, and everything's going well, except Potiphar's wife wanted to said, why don't you lie with me? And he said, what are you talking about? My master's been kind to me. I wouldn't do such a thing. And she grabbed him, and he ran, and his coke fell out. And so she falsely accused him to Potiphar, said, look what this guy has done. He's come to embarrass us. So guess what? Joseph back in prison. Ouch. 
for two years. So this is all totally 13 years, same amount of time that we were in the community center. So I said, oh, his life is kind of like my life. And in fact, we had a, a pastor who says, oh, you can come and use our church. You can rent our church. And we went to the board, and the board said, uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. Just when I thought I was going to get out, I had to wait another two years. And so Joseph interpreted the butler and the baker's dream. Let's see, let's see Joseph here um, giving food to the uh, prisoners. See, he's still, and he's got a smile on his face. And the butler and the baker, let's look at them. They're crying. They're upset. And he says to them, why are you so upset? And they said, what do you think? We're in prison here. Don't you know? Joseph said, I'm, I'm doing, it, doing it as unto the Lord. I'm operating in my gift. Are you operating in your gift? I can remember when I was working at Kaiser, Allie knows, and my friend came to me and goes, there's 10 people here that don't like you. <laughs> I said, who, who are they? He's, I said, well, it's probably this, 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 this. They go, yeah, that's, that's five of them. There's others. I go, oh, my God. <laughs> I said, I only have one more year and I'm going to retire. I got to make a change here. I, had, I don't want my name and my Christianity to come to blame. So I started, you know, being kind to these people and listening to their stories, their long stories <laughs> about nothing, you know. And I joined in and I was a friend to them just like he was with the, uh, the prisoners. And so at the end, I think I've told this story, but at the end, my last day, I don't know if you were there, Arturo, or not, but my last day of retirement, when I came in at 8 o'clock in the morning, they all stood up, all 65 of them, and gave me a standing ovation. I had touched their heart. I, I had ministered to them. I was, so, I was so touched. I go, oh, thank you, Lord. And then, the day, and then the, when I left at the end of the day, they also stood up, gave me balloons, and clapped, and gave me a standing ovation. Never had done, been done before, never had been done since. Why? Because I made an effort. I continued to minister in my gift. Which, which one of you are, are operating in a situation where it's not pleasant, you've got maybe a boss that bothers you, you've got a situation that you don't like? Ashley gave us a testimony. She's been working at Cal State LA for a while. I don't know if it's one year or two years. She has to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to go down there and take care of the birds and then teach a class and then come back. And when she first came to us, she said, you know, these kids... These teenagers, they come in, they're tired, they're like zombies, they're not paying attention. I can't even get them to come to office hours. I'm fed up with them. What do I do? And I don't know what we said, but she said, okay, I'm going to start praying for these kids. I'm going to start giving the joy of the Lord. She started praying for them. They came in. She prayed that they would be, get a good night's sleep. They would be excited about what's being taught and that her own presentation would be exciting to them. So guess what? That next year, they were excited. They came in. They were awake. They were flooding her office hours with people wanting to know. She goes, this is a great turnaround. And so when she applied for her new job, they, she used that as a you know, testimony. And she said within her heart, this is what she said, I don't think I would have got the job if I didn't change my attitude. Mm. How about you guys? You guys want to change your attitude? So as we conclude... So Pharaoh's doing his stuff. He tells the butler, hey, you're going to go back to Pharaoh. Now tell them, you know, that I can interpret dreams. Get, put a good word in for me. And so guess what he did? He forgot. You forgot. What do you mean you forgot? So for two years, he's still in prison, still doing what he was supposed to do. 
Finally, Pharaoh had two dreams, and the butler remembered and said, oh, you know, there's a guy down there in the prison. He, he can interpret dreams. Call him up. So they called Joseph up, and they cleaned him up, shaved him and everything. If it was me, I'd say, like, okay, now, you're, now you want to talk to me, huh? <laughs> he said, yeah, we got this dream. He says, okay, what's going to happen is you're going to have seven years of, of uh, plenty, then seven years of famine. So what you need to do is store up in the years of plenty so you'll have some for the years of famine, and you can sell it, and you guys will be rich. And he said, wow, that's a great idea. And here's what he said. Can we find such a one as this, as a man who has the Spirit of God? Here's my, if it was me, I would have said, ooh, 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 ooh. Let me tell you, I've been working in Potiphar's house. Everything went really good. I was down there in prison. I administrated. Everything worked out good. In fact, I even had a dream that the sheaves were going to bow down to, to me. I think I'm the right guy for the job, right? Wouldn't you? Can, can I, do I get, hear some, see some, wouldn't you? I mean, this is 13 years you've been waiting for God. God, come on, what, what's up with this? Where would you have given up? Would you have given up when they threw you down the well? Would you have given up when they sold you into slavery? Would they have given up when they uh, falsely accused you and threw you into prison? Would you have given up when the butler didn't remember you? When would you have given up? When are you giving up? You can't give up. You have to keep going. We were in the, the community center for 13 years. I never one day said, oh, why me, Lord? What's wrong? Where are you? No, I just kept doing what I was supposed to do. And Joseph never complained. He never said, Lord, where's the dream? What's happening? He never didn't come out of his mouth. So real quick, we see Joseph here, second in command in Egypt, and his brothers come to him. And then Joseph re reuniting with his brothers the next thing, and they hugged and they kissed and all that stuff. And, and they, they were uh, reconciled. He forgave them. And then last scripture, Psalms 105, 19. This is amazing. Until the time that the word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. In other words, are you going to have faith to believe what God has said to you is going to come to pass? No matter how bad it looks in your marriage, if it's not looking that exactly the right way, do you continue and believe in your job, do you believe that God is going to remove you and take you to a place where you're supposed to be? You have to have faith to continue in your calling. Now, the only instance, and this is the last uh, scripture, the only instance that we see where Joseph was complaining or let us know about his turmoil is in uh, verse 51. Now, check this out. Joseph, he, he had two sons. Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God has made me forget all of my toil and all my father's house. He said, this has not been an easy journey. I've been toiling. This is, this is rough. And I have to forget about my father's house. It was so good in my father's house. You know, I was at a church, and the pastor loved us. He took us all over the country. We organized things. And then they changed pastors, and it was like being in prison. It's like nothing we could do was right. And we did that for seven years. But we just kept learning, right? And then, then here's the second son. He called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Are you in a land of affliction? Are you fighting to get through? Are you trying to believe God? Don't give up. Believe him, and he'll work in your behalf. Amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together today to hear the story of Joseph and how it can apply to our life, how we can apply 
your situation, our situation to his situation, and realize that you work in us, you purge us from all of our character flaws, you purge us from all of our pride, and you bring us to depend upon you. And so, Father, I thank you that those that are out there right now, that if they just receive this word in their hearts, they'll continue to do what you've called them to do, not wavering, but believing in your promise. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And all agreed said, amen.